Welcome to the Uncut Podcast. I'm Pastor Luke. And I'm Pastor Cameron. And this is the Uncut Podcast where we have uncut, honest conversations about faith, life, and ministry. Um, today we're going to have a maybe a slightly shorter episode than normal, uh, but we thought it would be worthwhile to respond to kind of a Kind of a question we got through the text line. Um, somebody texted in and they were asking us kind of our opinion on like their understanding of the Beatitudes. Um, I think they pretty much got it right. I think they got a very good understanding of the Beatitudes. But um, so not we're not necessarily responding to correct or necessarily affirm their understanding. Uh, but I actually think that like, like the Beatitudes are um, one of those passages of scriptures that everybody is familiar with, and we've all probably heard sermon series on, and I think one of the ways that they're largely talked about is just flat out wrong, mm-hmm. um, and so I think it's worth like saying, you know what, let's take a little bit of time, open the passage, and maybe... Uh, create some clarity around a passage that's often misunderstood or mistaught. Yeah. Um, so most people are you. You might or you might not know that the Beatitudes are a section of Scripture um, mm-hmm. sayings of Jesus, right? Um, primarily in the Gospel of Matthew, Matthew chapter five, and um, Matthew, uh, his gospel has several different like chunks of teaching mm-hmm. that Jesus like does um and and matthew's gospel is generally considered to be the most jewish of the gospels in terms of its um reliance on old testament referencing it's the um, the importance for matthew as the writer of the gospel to communicate jesus both as the um prophetic fulfillment of the um of the promise for Messiah through mm-hmm. David's line, as well as to begin to establish, not to begin to, but to firmly establish Jesus as an authoritative teacher and interpreter of the will and heart of God. And so several different discourses within the gospel. And this first section in Matthew chapter five through basically the end of chapter seven um, are kind of what we call the first discourse of Jesus' mm-hmm. teaching, better known as the Sermon on the Mount. Right. Which contains, like, just generally some of the most familiar teachings of Jesus, generally, just like at large. Like, these would be passages that people who've not read the Bible in a very long time would still be like, oh, yeah, like, I've heard that or something like that. Right, right. And so... When you approach it, you see that it's being couched on or bracketed on both sides with this allusion to Jesus kind of being the new Moses. Yes. You know, he goes up on the mountaintop or the mountainside, I think, in Matthew chapter 5, verse 1. Now, when he saw the crowds, he went up on a mountainside and sat down. His disciples came to him, and he began to teach them. And then at the end of the, that discourse, at the end, when Jesus had finished saying these things, the crowds were amazed at his teaching because he taught as one who had authority and not as their teachers of the law. And when he came down the mountainside, large crowds followed him. 
And so there's this going up the mountain, similar to how, how Moses did to receive the law, right? Coming down from the mountain, how Moses brought the word of God down yes. in the form of the law. And so Matthew's maybe attempt here to, um, to portray Jesus as the new Moses, which is appropriate. Um, I think it's more appropriate to say that Moses is the old Jesus. Don't don't think too hard about that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but no, like oh, like they're they're you're you're hitting a really important thing that I think is worth mentioning, um, especially since you brought it up, is that the old the old testament serves to point forward right. to the coming to fulfillment of Christ, how Christ is a right. more full, complete exactly. type of Moses. Uh, there is my um, point is that we what is the place of reference? Is Moses the place of reference for how Jesus should be? Or is yeah. Jesus, even yeah. the pre-incarnate Jesus, right. who Moses is seeking to be? That's right. my point. Yes, even if he's unaware. Unaware, yeah. Right. Of it. And so, yeah. Okay, and so then the Beatitudes exist there right at the beginning. Yes. It's kind of the prologue mm -hmm. to the big section of teaching. Yep. And they are the blessed are the poor in spirit, mm -hmm. for there's the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are those who mourn, for there you will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil uh, things against you because of you. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven for in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Okay. So, so, what is maybe the classic way that these are used or interpreted or understood or applied? And then what is maybe an alternative or appropriate view yeah. to them. Well, like the classical view, and I, I I know I've heard, I'm sure I've heard sermons on this. I've definitely read books and study guides and stuff on that have like taught this. Um, but the kind of the most popular, popular view of it is like, well, all of us want to know how to live a blessed life, Cameron. Right? All of us want to be the blessed of Christ. Right. And Christ right here is telling us what you must do or what type of person you must be in order to live that blessed life. Mm -hmm. So therefore, um, and then it's usually broken up into like weeks or chapters or yep. studies of like saying, all right, blessed are the poor in spirit. Cameron, how must we become poor in spirit? Yes. How do we pursue poverty of spirit? Yes. Blessed are those who mourn. You know, we really just need to mourn more. Like, mm. that is something that we really ought, like, if we really want Christ to bless us, we ought to, like, pursue mourning, right? Blessed are the meek, right? And then, and particularly those first three, you know, as you kind of go down, some of those become a little bit easier to see or to argue as virtues. How do we put ourselves in a place of being persecuted? Yeah, well, that, that <laughs> one gets, so right, right. That one's that yeah. one's lost its virtue in our modern day. Right. Um, but we essentially we interpret the passage as a list of 
virtues to be strived for in order to achieve the blessed life. Right. That's the way I would say probably 90% of study material. Yes. Popular material interacting with it talks about it. Right. But if we understand, if we understand the context of Jesus ministry and the kingdom that he sought to bring Mm -hmm. and the people that he sought to include in the kingdom. And we look at it through the lens of like the, the lens of the lens of like the disenfranchised and Mm -hmm. those who were typically ostracized from community or not ostracized from community. Mm -hmm. Um, then, um, then it maybe makes us have a little bit different approach to understanding. Yeah. I think, I I think one, I think one key thing, or at least like a, an indicator of either a really difficult passage to translate or a poor or not translate a really difficult passage to interpret or a passage that you're not interpreting very well is when you have to like, work really hard to explain away your immediate gut reaction to the text. Mm. Like sometimes our gut reactions are like wrong, but like, like, like all that study material, I like usually ends up being like, well, now that doesn't seem very like, you know, like particularly when it comes to like porn spirit or mourning and you're like, well, that might seem really, really counterintuitive. But let me just give you a whole bunch of reasons that have nothing to do with anything I can particularly point out in this passage of why mourning is a Christian virtue. Mm-hmm. Um, like you, you end up having to do like it, like the chapter, like on a book like this. Would you start out? I can almost like read it or see it in front of me. Is like, well, now at first glance, you might think. Why would we want to be poor in spirit? Why would we want to mourn? But let me explain to you how this counterintuitive like thing you would never actually want to be is actually a thing that Christ is telling you to strive. And then they kind of proof text a bunch of verses to kind of like argue it into a bit of a virtue. Yes. So that's, you know, not every time is is like I don't know, when 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 our understanding of a passage that has very little of the original passage in it for its understanding, or maybe, or maybe overcomplicating it or going in a wrong direction. Sometimes not. All Sometimes. Time. Yeah. Yeah. But. So how would you, how would you begin to say, or how would you begin to describe or explain both the heart of what Jesus is communicating here? And it's like, Maybe it's application for us, but maybe not. Yeah. Well, like, first is, like, to kind of take the gut reaction I think we pointed out. Like, oh, who who wants to be persecuted? Yeah. Who wants to mourn? Who wants to be poor in spirit? Nobody wants to be those things, right? I don't don't want to be those things. No. no. Mm -hmm. You know? And so I think taking that as our as a starting point is actually a really good place to start. Mm-hmm. 
just like you were saying, Christ was trying to talk to disenfranchised those who um, those who were on the outside of things, and he's saying like particularly in his context, Matthew in particular has a lot to say about like what true faith looks like. And he doesn't say, I'm using my own words to describe his theme Mm -hmm. here, but he talks about like the religion or the faith of the Pharisees and the Sadducees and the religious leaders. And he is holding up and trying to hold up the old Testament and holding up Jesus and saying, which of these is more faithful to the faith that that God has called us to in the Old Testament in some way. And Christ, his argument is Christ is, right? Mm-hmm. Christ is giving this interpretation of the Old Testament up on the mount. And Christ's big thing is saying, like, look, the way that you've sought to apply the law of God has been on a surface level. Let me perhaps bring it to a heart level. Mm-hmm. Maybe perhaps let me turn things upside down and show that the most religious or the most faithful person who's following God is not the person who's got their life kind of together in this very religious sense. It's not the Pharisee who who tithes out of their spice cabinet. It's the person like, I would rather, uh, or God is more happy or more concerned with the person who's persecuted for my sake, with the person who is mourning. God's God is close to the brokenhearted and to the weak. Uh, a bruised reed he will not break. Like, he's he's going into all of those places rather than saying, like, oh, you just need to keep the law outwardly more. Yeah. I think that leads us to a closer way. How would you kind of begin to kind of summarize I, I would that? say it's really similar to that. You know, rather than it being a thing these different beatitudes something that we actively pursue not that you don't pursue them or that you avoid them sure um but that i think what it is is it's like a um opening volley into the jewish community at the time um about who is and who is not blessed according to god yeah right so like if the theme of Jesus one one of the themes of Jesus ministry is um you know in giving access to the kingdom of God through faith in him to the ones in which the worldly systems seem to exclude mm-hmm. right um and you see that in begin to see that even in the beginning of the genealogy of Jesus, mm-hmm. the inclusion of women in Jesus's genealogy in Matthew, non-Jewish women, yeah, one of which was a prostitute, prostitute mm-hmm. right? You begin to see like why would Jesus want to associate himself with a non-Jewish prostitute woman? Pretty much the most excluded class of people in the context in the context that Jesus was actually living in. Mm-hmm. If not to say that Jesus was Jesus was the cornerstone of a new, more perfect kingdom yeah. that represents the actual heart of God, mm-hmm. uh, apart from the man-made structures that seek to exclude those who are p- 
poor in spirit right. or brokenhearted yep. or meek mm-hmm. or suffering persecution, right? Because God's definitely not with those people. Yeah. If you're poor in spirit, God, it's that's that's an example of someone who is obviously disobedient to God and he's punishing them and like they're on the outskirts of good, faithful, religious life. Yeah. And Jesus is coming around the back end. He was like, no, like blessed are those people mm-hmm. as well. Yeah. Blessed are those who the world says are on the outskirts of religious life. So Yeah, he's turning to the crowd, and in a sense, he is saying, do you happen to be one of these things? Because mm. mm-hmm. if you are, my kingdom has a place for you, and inside of that kingdom, you will be blessed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one of the reasons, one of the things that, like, maybe, so, like, when the original readers were reading this, they would have been like, oh, why? That's so, like... I would never, ever classify someone who is poor in spirit. It would have been so jarring yes. to hear somebody to say that, blessed are the merciful, Yeah, right? The fact that we're kind of like, well, no, merciful is like a, a thing, like is actually a testament to how much the teachings of Christ and the gospel have impacted virtues, mm-hmm. like are what we consider to be a virtue or to be a thing to be stri- strived after now, the fact that we're even like... Why would being merciful ever be a virtue? It would be more. Mer- it would be more of a virtue to be just, mm-hmm. right? Because you want to be trampled over, like you want to right. get what's yours. Yes. Mm-hmm. So the fact that we even could, can can conceive of mer- being merciful as a virtue is a testament to yeah. Christ's impact on our thinking, or even what the like. I was thinking of it's not as it's not even as benign as like oh. Um, the meek, they'll be included in the kingdom too. Mm-hmm. It's that, it's almost like the, the Jesus is overcorrecting on a cultural assumption Yeah, by saying, not only are the weak included in the kingdom, they'll inherit the earth. You know, yeah. <laughs> you know, like right, it's right. not just the okay, yeah, you can come and join us, right? Because you don't, like the meek. The meek is not the person who's out there and like making the best business deals and like right. getting what's theirs. They're yeah. just like, oh yeah, yeah. You know, they don't have the lion energy, right? <laughs> no, yeah, they're 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 just kind of you know they're very passive. Yes, and, but yes. Jesus is saying, despite the fact that they're being passive, right. they will inherit the earth. Yes, or like. You know, it, and it's this is this is not this is not atypical of the ministry of Jesus. I the, just the first example is, you know, when the disciples try and stop the children from coming to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Right? The kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. Yeah. He says, "Let them come." Mm-hmm. Right. So it's not just that. Oh no, they get to take part or they get to be in it. But yeah. it's like there is something about the disenfranchised. Mm-hmm. Or the way in which the world disenfranchises people, and the way in which God includes them, yeah, and blesses them, yeah. And I, I think that understanding of the passage, it doesn't preclude you from perhaps saying, okay, maybe I do need to strive to be more merciful, and maybe I of need course. to, yeah. I, I need to grow in my meekness, and I need to learn what it means to mourn with those who are mourning. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't preclude you from potentially like pursuing those virtues in your life but it makes more sense of the passage to to kind of take the pressure off of saying 
these are um, this is a list of things that Jesus says that you must become or become like to say, well, Jesus what is saying is that do you happen to find yourself in a place of disenfranchisement, mm-hmm. of being an outsider, of being maybe not what the world would say is best or beautiful or good or wise? Well, good for you because like I have a place for you in my mm-hmm. kingdom. Mm-hmm. And I think, and that that relieves some of the awkward tension that I think often gets put on that passage of yeah. saying, well, we got to find out why we must become that or something right. like that. Right. Yeah. Which is if you take that, if you take that stance or that approach, you'll find that it's really difficult to make sense of it. Yes. You end up kind of contorting it a little bit, doing yes. some gymnastics pretzel. Like what well, must mean that I have to do this. Well, right. because well, mm, what does it mean? Like, do right. I, must I seek out mourning? Yeah. I don't think that's actually what Christ is saying. No, like, but blessed so. when you when you do mourn. Yeah, yeah. You're not you're not in a disadvantageous position when you mourn. Right. Yeah. You know, like you will receive comfort. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And yeah. I think I think that I think that honors the passage a little bit better. Yeah, I think so too. Um, I there was there's one author. I think it's. Uh, Dallas Willard, Dallas Willard spends yeah. a significant amount of time on this passage and particularly this misunderstanding of the passage in Divine, Divine Conspiracy. Conspiracy. Yep. And he goes through and he makes a list of like what would be the modern day, like, blessed are the. Mm-hmm. Do you have any that like kind of come to your mind? That, what, like, I mean, I've read it. I don't <laughs> I mean, like, not one specifically oh, okay. from him, like, but like, what would you kind of like place in there like blessed are the like mentally ill mentally ill Mm -hmm. blessed are the people who don't have it all together Mm -hmm. um yeah blessed are the yeah i don't know like Mm -hmm. the one like blessed are the lonely Mm -hmm. yeah a lot of lonely people. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah. I, I, but that, I think, gives a better flavor for mm-hmm. where the, where yeah. at least we think the passage. Right. Fits. I would never want to go back and be like, okay, let me reword Jesus' no. things here and like right. make like my not, own list of Beatitudes. I'm not trying to say like, yeah. the, like our list is right. equivalent to Christ's no. list or anything but like the, that. The thrust of the argument. Right. Remains the same if you take the heart of what Jesus is saying and you contextualize it today. Right. You so, know. You know, if we take if we take the passage to mean blessed are those who you would not think are blessed or the belong to the kingdom, or the anxious, or right. the addicted, right. or yes, yeah. blessed or addicted, like yeah. um, those that it, we could perhaps make an application point. Yes. And say, well then might there also be ways in which Christ wants to bless you if you are mentally ill, mm-hmm. if you are struggling with addiction, if your family is broken, if you do not have it all together. Mm-hmm. There is blessing for you in the kingdom. Yep. Um, you know, blessed are not the go-getters. <laughs> you know, right. like right. however we want to kind of talk about that. But mm-hmm. I think that gives a, a better picture of the upside-down kingdom that, 
Christ is presenting. Mm-hmm. And that acts as the sort of the attention getter, but kind of the preamble to them, him kind of re-explaining and expanding upon like the heart and the intention behind the law that Moses gave. Yeah. Yeah. So that's our quick flyby of yes. the Beatitudes and the Sermon uh-huh. on the Mount. Um, right. You know, right. um, there have been entire books uh, as thick as the Bible written on those things. Sure. Um, so mm-hmm. we're not going to cover it all in a 30 minute podcast, no. but no. Uh, hope maybe that cleared up a little bit of any questions for you, or at least gave you a different perspective through which to read the Sermon on the Mount and the mm-hmm. Beatitudes. Yep. And, um, you know, encourage you to continue to explore um, God's word in its context, of course. Um, and that all that came just from a question that we received on the text line. So if you have any questions or uh, anything, any topics that you'd like us to, you know, to try and tackle here, you can text us at 716-201-0507, and we will do our best to um, address those. Uh, as always, thanks for listening and watching. You can like, like it, rate it, subscribe, share, do all the things. <laughs> all the things. Have a great day. Yeah.